Well, good morning once again, everybody. Good, good to see you. We are actually wrapping up a series that we've been calling Tick Talks, that we're not doing TED Talks, as fascinating as those are. We're doing Tick Talks because we're talking about this precious yet limited commodity that we've been given called time. And God cares very much what we choose to do with the hours, with the minutes, with the moments that we've been given. In week one of this series, a few weeks back, I looked at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, where Paul, the writer of this letter to a church in Ephesus, he, he says in that letter, he says that we are to redeem time. Another translation of that verse says that we are to make the most of every opportunity. The reason that verse is translated differently in different versions uh, is because Greek, which is the language that Paul wrote these letters in, it actually has two different words for our word time. That we just have the one word, but in Greek they have two different concepts of time. One is very negative and one is very positive. So the negative concept of time in the Greek language and in Greek mythology is chronos. And the Greek god chronos is nasty. He is a, a flesh-eating beast. I actually found some images online, some ancient paintings trying to represent Kronos. I won't even show them to you because they're so vile. They're nasty that uh, Kronos is, is uh, gruesome. It is, this, it is representing this unstoppable force of time that makes us look in the mirror and see more and more wrinkles and things that the gravity seems to be pulling down and reducing hair, etc. And so time is just this, is just this chronos thing that is moving along and there's nothing we can do with it. In Greek, there's a second, much more positive concept for time, and it's the word kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. And kairos is not about the ticking of time. It's not about the 1132 numbers on a clock. Kairos is, it represents a moment, a moment in time. Kairos is about an opportunity. Kronos says, what time is it? What are the numbers on the clock? Whereas kairos says, what is the time for? What are we doing with our time? And so what happens is, uh, this is what Paul is referring to in Ephesians chapter 5 when he's talking about the beauty and the value of kairos, that we get kairos moments in life. These, these opportunities that are put in front of us. Abraham in the Old Testament, he had a kairos moment when at age 99 he found out that his wife, who was 90 years old, was going to be pregnant with their first son. And so that son, his name was Isaac, which means laughter, because they were just thinking, this is ridiculous that my wife is going to be pregnant at age 90. But when he found out about it, that was a kairos moment for him. That day stood out among all the other days. Moses had a kairos moment when we're all familiar with the story of him encountering a burning bush, a bush that was not being consumed by the fire. And God says to him in that moment, Remove your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. And Moses, of course, has a kairos moment, an unforgettable moment that we still talk about thousands of years later when he encountered God through the burning bush. 
You get into the New Testament, and there are more Kairos moments. Paul himself, the one who wrote the letter to the Ephesians, he was a Christian hater. He actually, before he became a follower of Christ, he was trying to kill Christians. He was effectively killing Christians because he believed they were heretics steering people away from the true God, the Jewish God. And so Paul was was going around, and he was a threat, a life-threatening presence to Christians. He was actually heading to Damascus, and on that journey, Jesus himself comes before Paul and says, why are you persecuting me? Why are you treating my followers as if I don't exist? And Paul had had a transforming moment in that experience. That was a kairos moment for Paul, a life-changing moment. Have you ever had a Kairos moment in your life? Have you ever had a moment that just changed everything, that just you carry with you a time to remember, a moment, a day that was unlike any other day? Now, we don't use the word Kairos in our regular language. We don't use that word uh, very often. And you may not feel like you've had a religious Kairos moment with God, but we can all relate to having times to remember. We can all relate to the idea of having of a special moment. There was a moment in time. We have special days from the past that we have captured that we remember, etc. It's one of the reasons that old friends are so valuable, that friendships are hard to come by. Deep, valuable, wonderful friends are hard to come by. So when you have one from some time ago, an old friend, what's great about having an old friend is you get together and it's easy for many sentences to start with, remember the time when, da, 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 da. Remember the time when. See, part of an old friend relationship is you have those moments from the past. My best friend in high school, we met in middle school and we continued to be friends through, uh, through college. We went, diff- we went our different roads and all that, but we were still best friends. But most, for the most part, we spent our time together in high school. His name is Daryl McLeod. And he was absolutely my best friend. He was a little smaller than me. And so his, name, his nickname was Twig, and my nickname was Stick, because we were both kind of thin, but I was bigger, so I got to be Stick at least. But Daryl, I remember the time with Daryl when he and I, along with a guy named Martin, we dressed up as the Three Amigos from Steve Martin's movie some time ago. And so this was... The, this was Halloween 1988, and we ran around the school, and we did, you know, we did this, <laughs> and uh, we just kind of did it together and had a whole bunch of fun. We remember that time. I remember the time when Martin and a couple other friends, while I was gone throughout the summer, I can't remember what summer it was, but I was gone for a week or two, and when I came back, they had painted my white car. This was my old Pontiac, and they painted one side. It says the wild one. It says it's got like a General Lee, Dukes of Hazard thing, and on the other side, it was painted black and white to look like a police car, which I think is illegal, but we didn't know that at the time, and so, so this was what they, I remember that time. I remember a time actually driving in that car when Daryl was with me, and I had one Hershey chocolate bar, and I had a, an X-Lax chocolate bar. And I was tricking Daryl by eating the Hershey and giving him the X-Lax chocolate bar. And so he ended up eating six pieces. And I didn't learn until later, and just by your response, you already know this, that's a really bad idea. But when you're in high school, you don't have filters for all of these things. And so, so I remember that time. Uh, I don't have a picture of that one uh, because 
that would, you know, I would, I would lose some people on that. But, uh, but let me tell you, Daryl will never forget that night uh, that, we, that we had that little experience. But these were Kairos moments. These were, I remember when moments, maybe not the X-Lax time, but for the most part, these are Kairos moments that are a part of our relationship. They're, they're days that stand out among the other days. And sometimes Kairos moments with God or with friends or with your family, they can even carry us through mundane moments or difficult moments. We have those moments and we just say, that was something special and that can carry us through some of the more difficult moments in life. It's why sometimes married couples will pull out the old wedding video and watch the video so that they can remember this person that they connected with because they're so frustrated with the person who's sitting next to them watching the video right there in that moment. <laughs> so sometimes we can watch that and, you know, if you're married, that wedding day was a Kairos moment. That day was different. It stood out. It was a moment in time. It was a time to remember. It was a special, different kind of day. We want to capture Kairos moments. That's why we take so many pictures. That's why smartphones have become so quickly popular is that we want to capture things all the time. And Oh, I would have loved to have captured this, but I don't have my camera. Now we have our camera with us all the time. We capture thousands and thousands of pictures every year. And we have video cameras now through our phones so we can capture video way more than we ever have in any other generation because we want to capture these moments any moment that happens, you know, something happens in the middle of the street, you got seven different angles capturing that moment from cell phones that are out capturing what, what's going on there. And so we, we do these things because we value these, these Kairos moments. We value these exceptional moments in time. In the story that we find in Scripture, they, of course, don't have video cameras and they don't have cameras of any kind. But what they do have are stones. And they actually used stones in a story that we're going to look at in just a minute as a memorial to capture the Kairos moment that a group of people had with God. The story that I want to take a look at this morning is found in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. If you brought your Bibles, I invite you to turn there with me. Uh, Joshua is the sixth book in the Old Testament. The Old Testament begins with the Pentateuch, the five books, which are the story of Moses. Then after Moses died, the leader of the people of God was Joshua, and then this was his story. In, early, in the early part of the book of Joshua, it tells a, a remarkable story, a kairos moment that God offers the Israelites. So what's happening here is Moses, through the Moses story and the burning bush and all that, Moses goes into Egypt and frees the people of God from slavery out of Egypt. They cross the Red Sea, etc. And then they're traveling around in the desert for how long? Forty years. That's almost as long as I've been alive. They've been traveling around the desert. Forty years, long, long, if, 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 you know, that picture was in high school in 1988, so you know I just lied. But anyway, but they traveled around for 40 years. Eventually, they landed. After 40 years, they ended up 
on the eastern side of the Jordan River. I want to put a little map up here. It's just a simplified little map. We have the, the ancient city of Jericho. To the southwest of Jericho is, is modern-day Jerusalem, and, and that becomes a part of the story later on. But where the arrow is, that's essentially where the Israelites ended up after 40 years. And they were on the eastern side of the Jordan River. All the territory on the west is what we refer to as the promised land. That's the land that God said he was going to give to the people of God. Large, very fertile um, uh, area there, a very important piece of land in, uh, in uh, geography. And so this is the area that God had promised his people. Uh, the Israelites were on the eastern side of the mighty Jordan River, and in order to cross this river, God does something spectacular with them. And it's reminiscent of Moses taking the Israelites across the Red Sea. It's a very similar story. What happens is, uh, led by the Ark of the Covenant, they, they step into the mighty Jordan River. And as they step in, and the water is flowing rapidly, as they step in, the water from upstream, from the north coming down, stops and a wall is formed. A wall of water is formed. And all the Israelites cross over the Jordan River on dry land. It is just miraculous moment. This is a kairos moment for the people of God as they look at the wall of water and walk across. Just an incredible experience. They finally walk into the promised land and then see what happens in Jericho and all of that. It's later on in the book of Joshua. But in chapter 4, notice what we get to read here as a part of this story. Joshua chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So as they're crossing on the dry riverbed, take some of these uh, river rocks 12 of them, one representing each of the tribes, carry them over to the west side of the Jordan River. And, uh, and God has a purpose for these. Jump down to verse 6, halfway through verse 6. In the future, when your children ask you, or when people thousands of years later gather and want to know more about why God asked them to carry these stones, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. These stones are to be a memorial for the people of Israel forever. What he's saying is that whatever happens in Jericho, whatever happens in the promised land and whatever happens in the future and battles that may come and different kings and the way this, whatever happens, nothing and no one can take away this Kairos moment. Just, you saw this group of people come across the Jordan River on dry land. It, it's just like if you have an old friend, nothing and no one can take away those memories that you have with that old friend that you can have a rough day, a rough week, a rough season or whatever, nothing and no one can take away those memories. If you have a Kairos moment with God, nothing and no one, it is rock solid 
can take away those memories. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Why would God want to give his people this memorial? Why would God want his people to carry that moment with them forever? As I've thought about this story and thought about the whole idea of a Kairos moment, I think that Kairos moments are doubt killers. We all experience doubt, but those Kairos moments can come in and, and annihilate the doubt that we wrestle with. Doubt is simply a day or a moment. Again, it's something we all experience. It's a day when we forget who God is. We forget that God is real. We forget how much God loves us. Or perhaps, maybe you don't forget, maybe you never knew. Maybe you didn't have access to who the true God is and you haven't yet learned how much that God loves you. So as a result, doubt creeps in. Doubt enters into the story. And a, chrono, a, a kairos moment, not a chronos moment, a kairos moment is a doubt killer. I learned this week a great uh, story about one of us here in our church. A woman named Kim Bucci, she and her husband Mike have been a part of our church for a number of years and they have served in a number of different areas. And Kim, some time ago, had experienced a season of doubt, a moment of doubt. She entered into the doubt zone, which is a place we're all familiar with. Entered into that zone where we ask the questions and we say, God, are you real? Do you really exist? God, is the story of Jesus truly the story of humanity? I mean, there are so many different understandings of who you are and different pathways up the mountain. How can we know that the story of Jesus on the cross is the story? How can I know that? God, do you know who I am? There's billions of people on this earth. Do you really care about me? Do you know the desires of my heart? God, do you, do you really care about the decisions I make day in and day out? Does all of this stuff matter? As she was driving and wrestling with this and wrestling with all of these doubts, she pulled up to a traffic light and stopped her car and noticed as she was wrestling with her doubts, she looked at the car in front of her and read the license plate. This is what she saw. This is what she saw. This is a true story. This, this van is cruising around Ahwatukee with, yes, Kim on the back of it. I don't know why. She doesn't know why. Maybe it's your van. If this is your van, please come up and explain why it says, yes, Kim. Or maybe this van doesn't exist. Maybe the, an angel just said, I'm going to, to rewrite the license plate for a moment as a gift to you, Kim. Kim was so overwhelmed by this, she pulled over and she was half laughing, half crying at God's profound response to her doubt. This was a kairos moment for her, a moment that stood out among all the rest, a moment that has dividends on other moments where she start, may start to drift or whatever, she can look back on that moment. When you and I enter into doubt, perhaps God will show up right in the moment like God did with Kim. What a beautiful thing that is. 
or at the very least, in the middle of our doubt, in the middle of our struggles, we can remember a Kairos moment. When Kim has her next series of doubts, she can remember that license plate and go, I know that you are real, God. I know, I believe that you spoke to me through that license plate in front of me. Kairos moments are doubt killers. They're doubt annihilators. They are beautiful gifts from God. Have you ever had a Kairos moment? Have you ever had a a time to remember with God that just stood out among all other times? Maybe it was the time that you chose to become a follower of Jesus. When you crossed the line of faith some time ago, or maybe recently, a time where you prayed with a friend to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe it was a part of a church experience here and you raised your hand or you came up front and you prayed to receive Jesus as Lord. Maybe it was the time that you got baptized and you said before a group of people, I proclaim that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm not ashamed to say that. Maybe it was a time when you uh, stepped out in faith and you trusted God with something that you had never trusted God with before. And so you, you, you took a leap of faith and God was right there with you. It was a leap of faith in terms of your finances or some kind of decision you made in your life or a relationship decision or something. And it was a Kairos moment for you. I've had multiple Kairos moments in my life and they carry me through some of the other darker moments I had a, 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 a moment of transformational faith when I was in college. I was in my second year of university up in Alberta. And until that point, I'd really been living two different lives. I had, I had my, my God-seeking life, and I had my God-running-away-from life. I was, I was two different people. And God really put it upon me to, I had to make a decision. I, had, I couldn't be two people anymore. And so uh, I, had a, my, I had a baptism scheduled coming up. And so God said, once and for all, once and for all, you've got to decide. And so God and I wrestled intellectually. I read tons of books, and I wanted to find out, am I being brainwashed, or is this real? What's going on? I read lots of books and lots of conversations. I, uh, the word Israel means wrestles with God. And so I had, an, I had a Kairos moment of wrestling with God, and it ended with God dunking me under the water as part of that baptism experience. It was a Kairos moment that I'll never forget. Later on, as a part of my college experience, I had a supernatural experience of freedom from a relationship that was not good for me. And God had stepped in on that story in a way that I could never explain, that I could never explain other than God absolutely showed up. Not long after that, in the summer before my senior year of college, I felt a call to full-time ministry. I was on a track for math and physics and engineering, and I was, I'd been on that path for many, many years, and that's all I thought I was going to be and do. And, and, um, and I just felt like, for me, God had in, called me into something else, and it was a Kairos moment. Not long after that, I met my wife in Africa, and that was a Kairos moment, and and then a number of years later, my wife and I dragged our three young children 
across the country out here to Phoenix to take this job here. That was 13 years ago, and we really believed, despite all the data and details and conversations, we really believed that God was calling us to this. It was a Kairos moment for us. Whenever you have a moment with God like that, a Kairos moment, I believe God is saying to us, don't forget. Don't forget how God showed up in that moment. Remember, this is a time to remember. Take this rock, sorry. Take, take this rock and remember God's goodness. Here, take, take this rock, take it. Take this rock, here, take this rock. You okay? Okay, good, that's a great catch. Can you throw it back? See, some of you are freaking out. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it's a sponge, uh, it's a sponge rock. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that was kind of fun. Uh, I, I did that because I sensed some of you were drifting on me a little bit. And so I could hear the <gasps> in the room. And sir, you caught that. I was very impressed with your catch. You didn't really flinch. But I think some of the people around you had a time to remember. I think they had a moment, a Kairos moment, where they thought something very bad was about to happen. But uh, so that was my hope here is to, is to sometimes, you know, you know every, not every moment is created equally. And so can we take those moments that are surprising or different or, or a gift from God and say, I want to never forget that. I want to, just the point I'm trying to make here is make a memory with God, is, is, is celebrate your memories with God. Maybe it literally means to take a stone. We have rocks from the old building that we've gathered over uh, to the west of this building in among the, the uh, storage containers over there. We have a bunch of rocks over there, and we're still trying to figure out what we might want to do with those. Feel free, go and take one of those rocks if you'd like and write something on it, put it in your backyard, make it a memorial for you of something that God has done in your life, of a Kairos moment that God has had in your life. Or maybe you can get some jewelry, a bracelet or a necklace or something that has a word on it that represents that story, a bracelet that says Africa or Ephesians 5.16 or Yes, Kim, Get a bracelet, get a necklace, something that just reminds you of God's goodness. And maybe, maybe someone in your life is going to see that word and ask you what that means. And that opens the door for you to be able to tell them a great story of God's goodness. Celebrate the Kairos moments from the past. And if you have not yet had one, then anticipate Kairos moments for the future. Or perhaps you haven't had one in a long time. What can we do to anticipate Kairos moments in the future? Perhaps you'd love to have one of these. You hear this idea of a Kairos moment with God. You'd love to have one. Well, are you looking for it? Are you praying for a Kairos moment? This doesn't mean that we try to control God and we say, you know what? God, you need to prove yourself to me. If you're real, then would you make this a winning lottery ticket. If you did that, I will follow you the rest of my days. 
I will tithe 3% and I will follow you the rest of my days. Let's not play the control God game because God will not be controlled. He's not intimidated by our cleverness any more than you and I are intimidated by a three-year-old who says, do what I want or I'll hold my breath. And so God, God, is, God is not moved by that. What he's moved by is when his children wake up in the morning and say, God, reveal yourself to me. I could get through this whole day and not think about you at all, God, but instead of that, I want to see you today. I want to hear from you today. Would you, in whatever way you beautifully choose to do it, would you reveal yourself to me today, God? Reveal yourself to me. In the Old Testament, God says, take these stones as a memorial to what God has done. In the New Testament, Jesus says, take this bread and this cup as a memorial to what Jesus has done. More precisely, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, Jesus says. Because the greatest Kairos moment in human history, the one that changed the world more than anything else, the one that stands above all other Kairos moments, was the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, a fact of human history. This Kairos moment that Jesus wants us to connect with on a regular basis. So that's why we're going to wrap up here tonight, uh, today, by taking communion together. If you're a follower of Christ, even if you're a visitor or a first-time uh, person with us here today, if you are a follower of Jesus, we invite you to participate in communion with us. In a moment, the ushers are going to come down, and they're going to distribute the elements I ask that you would hold them and wait, and after a song, we are going to take these elements together. If, however, you're not a follower, but perhaps an explorer, you're wondering who Jesus is and you're still trying to figure that out, please let the, feel free to let the, the plate pass on by. This is an opportunity for those of us who say, Jesus is Lord, and I want to remember what Christ has done for me. Again, the point this morning is that we want, to, we want to have a different experience here in this room. So we want to throw rocks at you and ask you to take your shoes off and just want to have a different experience here because different can be memorable. And what God gifts us with on a regular basis are these memorable kairos moments that can be memorialized and celebrated in years to come. Celebrate the Kairos moments that have already happened. Anticipate new moments that God wants to give to us. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father in heaven, I, I thank you for the bounty of Kairos moments that we find in scripture. God, I thank you that you have not stopped providing those kind of moments that for thousands of years, you continue to meet with us in profound and beautiful ways. I pray that we would remember those ways and that we would anticipate more great experiences and encounters with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite the ushers to come down as we uh, prepare to take communion together.